Hello there. Welcome to another video, another podcast episode on four quarters and two halves. Today we're doing a very special episode and I think it's a pretty special time for all football fans around the world, I think, no? Yeah. Because uh we're about 5 days away from the start of the new Premier League season, right? It's so exciting. It's been so long. It's been around 2 months uh just looking through the pre-season, not doing not watching football has been very very uh, it's just it's just like one part of my life mm-hmm. and it's just out of my life for this two months and i'm so excited it's back on friday we start off again with arsenal which is as always exciting to watch <laughs> and this year again they look as exciting as ever so i'm excited to get on with it honestly yeah it's uh, a pretty exciting time for every football fan mm-hmm. and uh, i think the first game week I think I watch all the games every time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just so into the hype. Like moving on slowly, I'll filter out some of the yeah. lower, uh, lower important games. Mm-hmm. So on the first game week, though, I watch all ten games. Yeah, and uh, I'll be like, oh, this team is to look forward yeah. to. This player is to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of uh, teams to look forward to, we do have three new teams mm-hmm. uh, in the. Premier League this season as it is with uh, every season mm-hmm. right and uh, this season it's uh, Nottingham Forest much awaited mm-hmm. uh, i think the last time they were in the premier league it was in the 1999 mm-hmm. season if yeah, i'm not wrong the 1999 season yeah it's been a while forest known to be one of those teams that won the european cup I think it was 1980s they won the last time. Yeah, and 1979 80 maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's when they won their European Cup and then we all know about Nottingham Forest being that club that won it and now they have been in the third division, second division numerous times and haven't managed to crawl back mm-hmm. up through the championship into the Premier League. They're finally here. It's much awaited. They have so many movements of players throughout yeah. the sea throughout the preseason which is incredible mm-hmm. which we have seen in a couple of previous teams who have tried to come back and promote got promoted to the premier league so it's not surprising what nottingham is doing but i'm happy for them uh, it's an exciting start it's an exciting team to watch mm-hmm. uh, we never know because we watch the premier league and we're like we don't watch as much of the championship like you said mm-hmm. we feel trout of the smaller games we don't watch much of the championship and then we get an exciting start with these mm-hmm. promoted teams so i'm excited to see nottingham forest because we have seen burnmouth and fulham before yeah. we haven't seen nottingham forest in the last 20 years yeah and uh, i think nottingham forest have uh, a very similar sort of journey to mm-hmm. leeds united yeah. who uh, popularly made it back to the premier league 2 years ago yeah. under uh, marcus bielsa mm-hmm. and uh, so i feel a very similarity right. between uh, those two clubs mm-hmm. and uh, although Leeds maintained a majority of their core uh, mm-hmm. players that got them promoted uh, Nottingham have gone a little away from that yeah. they've uh, done all of this business that you've talked about mm-hmm. and I think we will get uh, into that a little bit yeah. and uh, if I'm not wrong who do Nottingham Forest play on the first day I think it's uh, Newcastle right Yeah I think so yeah Newcastle has a not too difficult fixture I think they have Nottingham first day it's going to be an exciting watch because Newcastle is all their recruitment has been insane and it's it's sort of a, in their own ways they're starting their own journey exactly uh, and uh, they're having 
a step of their own that they're mm-hmm. taking as uh, football clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting fixture, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, and uh, moving on, we, we will talk about their transfer business. Yeah. Uh, the next team is uh, Bournemouth, yeah, right? Yeah, Bournemouth also. They managed to come second this year with the <coughs> championship. They look, I think they look good in the cha- I have not, didn't see them as always. Yeah. The championship is a, is a league I don't watch as regularly as the, as the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bournemouth before have been a team that was exciting. They had good players. They had, um, I think they had, um, um, was it the player who plays for Newcastle now? Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson, yep. who was... I, he was on my FPL team every time he was in Bournemouth yeah. because he was an exciting forward and Newcastle got them and we all thought it was a great transfer for Newcastle at that yeah. point. I think uh, Newcastle sort of raided that Bournemouth team mm-hmm. that got relegated. They yeah. got uh, Wilson for a very cheap deal. They got R- Ryan Fraser, yeah. one of the wingers in the core of that Bournemouth team under mm-hmm. Eddie Howe. Yeah. And uh, they sort of uh, took over those players. Yeah. And uh, we, Man City, we took over Nathan Aki as well. Yeah. Uh, so right now they're a bit younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a team that we can look forward to. Mm-hmm. But uh, I sort of get the feeling that this will be a kind of a season where they come up and they go back down again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of coming up <laughs> and going down again. Fulham. Fulham, right? Yeah. Uh, it's been four years they have dropped down twice. And that means they played in the championship two years. They played in the Premier League two years. They've been alternating. Yeah. Uh, They're just like Norwich, if anything. Yeah, Norwich and Fulham. uh, They need to be in the Premier League at the same time. So we can have the battle of uh, the greatest alternating teams ever. Yeah. Uh, But by the looks of it, they're not uh, going to be. Yeah. So, again... Uh, in Fulham, I think one of the most important things that we always talk about when it comes to Fulham, right, is uh, the fact that they come in with the championship's top leading scorer every season, yeah. and that's Alexander Mitrovic. Yeah. And uh, he bombs in the Premier League every season. Yeah, I think there was a. I think the last time they were there, that was the the last season, not the season, not 2021-2022, it was a 2020-2021 season. Mm -hmm. And I think Mitrovic had some issues both with injuries and some like uh, problems with the manager, some like toxicity going on and he barely played if I was not, and if I'm not wrong, which I could be. But I think coming through again, they're coming through again and Mitrovic has scored 43 goals in the championship, which is incredible. But again, it's a championship. Mm -hmm. Premier League is a whole different ballpark. Um, It's looking... Good for him, but again, we never know about Fulham. They're gonna go down possibly again this season. Mm-hmm. They had another player, Fabio Carvalho, who now went to Liverpool, who we watched in the Community Shield. Right, he, he did come on as a substitute. Yeah, he's for only them. nineteen. Yeah. he's an ex- apparently he's a very exciting player. Yeah, I, had, I have played with him in career mode on FIFA. <laughs> I and, thought uh, you were gonna say you played with him as a child in as India, a, yeah, yeah, on the streets of India, yeah. just Fabio Carvalho and Sunil just kicking it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you never know. <laughs> you never know. I would not judge yeah. you for that. So. Uh, I've played with him on FIFA. That's how I know of mm-hmm. Fabio Cavallo. Right. And uh, he's a really good centre-attacking midfielder. And mm-hmm. I can see why he sort of fits that Liverpool uh, criteria where it's like a fast player, fast-paced, mm-hmm. can make those passes, can finish well. So I understand why Liverpool decided to keep him. Uh, and uh, I think in terms of Mitrovic, I think Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest have their own counterparts mm-hmm. of that 
upfront striker who can score goals. Yeah, right? like Brennan Johnson for Nottingham Forest, who yeah. had 16 goals and 10 assists. It's, it's still impressive. I mean, having double-figure amount of goals and assists is yeah. always important. Like, we will we'll always remember Salah's season because he was a playmaker and a goal scorer that let's, season. Let's not forget Harry Kane because he did that he, the season before. before yeah. yeah, so that's why it's always impressive when a forward can both play make and score goals at the same time. Um, so that's why it's impressive to see Nottingham Forest. Now Nottingham Forest didn't only get didn't don't don't only have the same players like we have been talking about with their movements. They have brought in thirteen players into the squad, a whole lineup, yeah. a whole starting eleven basically have come into Nottingham Forest, which is scary because I think in 2020, Fulham also went through the same strategy. Yeah, and I think the year before this, uh, Norwich went to a very similar strategy. Yeah. They got Billy Gilmore from Chelsea. They got Josh Sargent, the mm-hmm. American striker. Right. Uh, they got uh, Rashika from the Bundesliga and uh, they <clears throat> built around a lot of uh, their core players right. and they bought in a lot of those side players mm-hmm. and they spent a lot of money and it did not work out for them. Yeah. And historically speaking as well, when a team comes up yeah. and they have this huge revamp and this huge spending spree, uh, typically it does not go too well yeah. for them. Right. Uh, because I think what is most important when you're coming up is that sort of team cohesion. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take time for that team cohesion to come about. And teams like uh, your Fulham's, your Norwich's, they don't have the time Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, have that, you know, initial uh, setup stage. They need to start getting points on the board right away if you need to stay Mm -hmm. up. And uh, by the time they decide that this isn't working out and go to another manager, uh, it sort of ends their season. And yeah. I think that's a similar story with a lot of these clubs that are coming up. Yeah, right? every yeah, it it becomes when you have a revamp like that with thirteen players, which is a lot of players, because that it does bring in depth. We we can definitely agree with that. Yeah. But it also brings its own cons in that, like you said, team chemistry drops down a lot. Mm-hmm. And out of the players that they've gotten, I think. There are three players which I'm okay with or three players that are proven in the Premier League and probably will be strong week in, week out. That is Nico Williams, yeah, Jesse Lingard and Dean Henderson. These are the three players I can see them in the starting eleven. <laughs> but I think even with Jesse Lingard, we'd never know because he didn't play that. We talked about Lingard in our previous video on yeah. the tier list. Uh, we never know with Lingard. Nico Williams is an exciting player for Liverpool and I'm excited for Dean Henderson because he didn't get his minutes as much. As Manchester United. Yeah. And when he played for Sheffield United, he was so exciting. Yeah. I loved watching him. Yeah. He was uh, a shot stopper. Yeah. And uh, Sheffield United finished, what, in the top 10 in their yeah, first oh, wow. season. Yeah. And purely because of Dean Henderson, let's be real, right? Mm. He went and immediately they got... Uh, exactly. Relegated, They couldn't uh, keep up with it. So mm-hmm. Dean Henderson was such an important part. And we can agree that he is a Premier League quality yeah. player. And he deserves the starting minutes that he will get at yeah. Nottingham Forest. So I think in terms of a good defensive team, we can see uh, Nottingham Forest be that. Again, I'm drawing that parallel with uh, your Brentfords and your yeah. uh, Leeds United. I think in the past uh, two seasons, mm-hmm. these are the teams that uh, have stayed up. Uh, mm-hmm. Sheffield. They stayed right. up and they had they maintained their uh, core mm-hmm. and uh, they sort of uh, had this uh, sort of history in the Premier League and right. uh, it again with Brentford again with Leeds and uh, I think that's something that we can see mm-hmm. from 
uh, Nottingham Forest. Mm-hmm. So it's something uh, very exciting to look forward to. Right? Yeah, that's I think these three players kind of put me for me at least put Nottingham Forest ahead of Fulham and I Burnmouth. Agree. I agree. Because both Fulham and Burnmouth have gone ahead and gotten a, a little bit of players, not as much as Nottingham who have revamped their their team completely, but I think these three players put me put Nottingham ahead. I still don't know whether they'll get promoted or sorry, they'll survive the mm-hmm. Premier League. I still have doubts about that because the already survived teams, the 17 teams are looking good except maybe Everton. I'm not sure about Everton, but I still think these three teams will go down, but I think Nottingham will have a better performance than the other the other two because of these three good like Premier League proven players. Yeah, agreed. And uh, I, it's going to be very exciting to look uh, mm. at these teams. I always personally, I mm. have a fun time looking at the games right. of these new teams yeah. on the first game week because it's always so interesting because their yeah. fans on the first day, they always show up exactly. and uh, the atmosphere is very exciting. And uh, one of the things that I can think of is last season when Brentford uh, came mm. up, they played Arsenal at home oh, in right. the first game of the season. Yeah. And uh, they beat them 2-0, yeah. right? And uh, the atmosphere was electric oh, yeah. and it was a very, very exciting game. Mm. And uh, Oh, and also, if you think a season before that, when Leeds came up, oh, wow. uh, we had that, even though they lost against Liverpool in the first game week, we saw them have that exciting 4-3 nice. scintillating game yeah. where uh, they took the champions for uh, quite the game, right? They yeah. almost beat them and oh, they yeah. gave them quite the challenge. I mean, 4-3 against Liverpool mm-hmm. is is always going to be impressive. Yeah. It doesn't matter which club it is. It's going to be impressive. It's if it doesn't matter if it's Manchester City even. It's impressive to play against Liverpool. They have the best team. At oh, home, at, at Liverpool. At, at Anfield. Everyone knows the environment at Anfield. Like, Anfield is one of those... Envi- even Wenger has said Anfield is one of the most difficult stadiums to play in. And the fact that Leeds get promoted and they straight away go play against Liverpool and score three goals and concede four. But that's been Leeds overall with conceding a lot of goals. But... They were looking exciting. I was very scared of Leeds when they started, like one hundred percent, and it was exciting for them. I that's why I always like to see the promoted teams, and they end up playing like Liverpool is playing Fulham. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. We never know, and that's why it's exciting to see these new promoted teams. We can have some speculation of whether they stay. Obviously, it's too early for the first game week, but it's going to be fun to watch them. Yeah, and I think there's some kind of serious conspiracy theory with the Premier League mm-hmm. because every season Liverpool start out against a newly promoted team. Yeah, they say Liverpool <laughs> fans always end up saying that it's either City or Chelsea that get the easier pick in the Champions League because Chelsea last season had I think uh they had an easier pick it was uh, probably Lille, right? In the round of 16 yeah. and then Man City in they have historically had an easier, easier p- pick. round of 16 and yeah. quarterfinal picks and Liverpool fans have been at it and yeah. they had an easier pick last year yeah, exactly. with the Champions League so, and they always end up having an easier first game. Exactly. Week. So Fulham this season, mm-hmm. I guess Norwich last season. Right, yeah. And the season before that they started against Le- although it was a hard game, it was yeah. the newly promoted lead side. Exactly. So this is a conspiracy theory guys. Debunk it. Ask the Premier League what's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why only? Why do Liverpool always get the promotion? Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, talking about like the promotion, I think what I'm most excited about um, is watching just not just watching the first game week, but just following up because the first three game weeks for Liverpool and Manchester City, who are known to be the contenders, are very 
similarly in terms of difficulty because all three games are probably going to be easy for all, both the teams. And it's going to be interesting because we just saw the Community Shield. We just mm-hmm. saw the two teams are. Yeah. Which should not be... Firstly, it's sh- no, I think the Community Shield should not be uh, a standard for how the season is going to go. 100% yeah. I agree. And I am. I know that it, it's quite convenient for me to say. Yeah. But I've even said this last year when we lost against Leicester. Mm. I was like, the team just isn't sharp enough. And I think that was... Very much the case mm. uh, in the Community Shield right. when we watched it. The Community Shield was sort of like Liverpool were just ready. They were ready. They were much more ready. They were winning all the second balls and they were going for the loose yeah. balls much quicker mm-hmm. than Man City's players. And uh, their passing was much more sharper than Man City's. Totally. And at the end of the day, they deserved their win. Yeah. Uh, but I think this does not mean that uh, Man City are, say, you know, out of the race or does not mean that Holland won't be a proven goal scorer because he scored and Darwin Nunes did. Yes, Darwin Nunes got that goal and it was a great goal. Uh, It was a poacher's finish. But uh, I do think cities are still figuring out uh, that dynamic of having that striker that is playing front. You could see a number of times that De Bruyne was frustrated with... uh, the play because he got the ball in midfield and he was ready to pass it forward Mm. but he wasn't sure whether to put it out in the wing or put it through and uh, the timing just didn't match up so I think as we move forward in the Premier League Mm -hmm. we can see that cohesion build up a little bit more uh, within that Man City team and uh, we can see a much more uh, tight contest between uh, the two teams that's my take on the I think I agree with that because Haaland himself is not ready for the system because the system requires him to press as much as Julian Alvarez did, for example. The hard-working Julian Alvarez, what a performance from him. Let's let's talk about Julian Alvarez. Yeah, I think that goal was... To- it, the finish was probably not the best, but the goal itself, everything he's been working on, the pressing, everything, yeah. he looks like he slips into that Pep Guardiola yeah. system so well. 100%. And uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but he did the Aguero celebration yeah. after he uh, scored yeah. that goal. And... We've always, whenever we saw that, you mm. know, Julian Alvarez was going to come to City, we right. were like, ah, this is literally a mm. mini region of right. uh, Sergio Aguero. And uh, he was, you could see that he was ready to fight. Right? right. You could see as soon as he came in, he was making mm. those runs and he was just attacking. Yeah. So it's it's very exciting. And uh, I think it's also important uh, that Haaland have that competition from Julian Alvarez yeah. so that... He doesn't take that starting role for granted right. as well, right? Yeah. So another thing I think um, we should point out is um, Haaland having an XG of 1.6 goals. So XG is basically expected goals. Yeah. So as close you get to the goal, just for like a knowledge perspective, if you're as close to the goal, you get a higher XG. Haaland got 1.6 XG. He's been always an overperformer in terms of XG. That means he's always scored more goals than he's expected to score. Um, and 1.6 is very impressive for Haaland because he's going to score 1.6 is just the right I think it's a good indicator to all the people who have been slamming Haaland for that open goal Mm -hmm. I think it's a good indicator that Haaland's going to get those goals he's going to get those chances the big chances and he's going to score some of them he might underperform maybe let's say 5 but he's going to at least end up scoring the other goals that he's going to be underperforming and and let's not forget that this is Championship quality Liverpool defense, yeah. Liverpool side, yeah. and uh, 
it was just one of those nights yeah. and i think this was definitely a one off yeah uh, and i think we should also shout out to that first goal by trent alexander arnold oh, the play it was an insane for the, goal right from the start it started from robertson crossing it over to sala it was incredible yeah, to watch it's yeah it was just fun to watch just a man city liverpool game it's i think historically it has been that type of yeah. way ever since jurgen klopp and pep guardiola took yeah. over yeah uh, i i personally i i loved it and uh, if that's a good indication mm. sure it was a loss for man city but yeah. even though it was a good game yeah. and uh, i don't understand the turmoil among some man city fans right, yeah. saying that all oh, were doomed we don't have a left back <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. nah this is just the start right. i think it was a good start 100%. if we build on this it can be yeah really um, it, when i saw city comparing to liverpool it was a big gap in, in quality because liverpool came straight in they the were, first 10 minutes were i was sharp. i'm a reactionary fan i i was neutral in this case but i was always rea- i'm always reactionary when i watch games like this and i was like liverpool is winning this game the yeah. way they came out they were Agreed. insane um i think it's it doesn't show much for the league because Man City had we know how Man City is in terms of the Premier League they can outrun Liverpool they can score the 95 points the 100 points to eventually win the league if it needs to be like that yeah. we know how Pep is in terms of the Premier League um it doesn't show much i think they still are equally um ahead like equally ahead by compared to the other 18 teams they are way ahead in terms of quality um that just even as a Chelsea fan i can say um realistically speaking I don't think we are at their quality in terms of um uh, just the just the team it, the manager the players they're just they are all glued in perfectly yeah. the system is working for them and I don't think any of the other teams even if they're exciting even if we see Arsenal Tottenham coming up it doesn't look like it's going to yeah. be an uh, a different winner than Man City or Liverpool yeah I think that comes down to the fact that the Premier League requires one thing to mm-hmm. win it and that is consistency exactly and uh Although on a one-off situation, mm. all the top ten teams can beat anyone right. uh, in the league. Anyone, even mm. Man City or Liverpool. Right. When it comes to longevity throughout the season right. and being consistent throughout the season, yeah. I think uh, Liverpool and Man City are in the best position mm. no to do that. Yeah. And uh, Man City, uh, they we start against West Ham yeah. uh, this game week in the London Stadium, and uh, West Ham are. a great team. Yeah. They have uh, moved up miles from where they were mm-hmm. two years ago. They were almost relegation candidates two years ago. Yeah. And uh, their European uh, players, they're if I'm not wrong in the Europa League this season or the Conference League. The Conference League. They they're in seven. the Conference uh, League this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that being said, they're still great. They have that core of Antonio, they have uh, Declan Rice still, they mm-hmm. have uh, Jared Bowen. Yeah. Uh, so it is a uh, a good fixture a good matchup yeah. i think this is the hardest fixture for man city in the first maybe six game weeks right. because uh, west ham historically also have caused trouble to man city yeah. right um yeah this is an interesting fixture because west ham shout out to david moyes by the way last couple of seasons the 100%. work he has done for west ham he has been We always thought David Moyes is not going to be the coach that for any was. team that he was at Everton yeah. and we won't see that version yeah. of him again. Yeah, and then he came into United and we the slander he received. 
Um, and then now he comes in West Ham. He's doing an incredible job. Sending them to seventh, even seventh, is an achievement for that West Ham side. I, agree. I think they should have been sixth. United did squeeze through that sixth position, but I'm happy for West. I mean, firstly, I'm excited to see them. They have kept their core players, like you've said, Said Ben Rama. That's one of the players you forgot. And Suchek as well. And Suchek, Suchek as well. So yeah, they have that core. And it's exciting to see them. But I think Man City is going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we didn't see that quality in the preseason or in the community shield. I think it's going to be a close game. I think I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to City. I don't think they're going to have a clean sheet. I I agree, I think. Yeah. I think I can see West Ham scoring in this game. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you want to do like a... Little prediction for the top five, uh, top top six teams' uh, fixtures. Yeah, let's yeah? do it. I think yeah. that's a good. I think it could be a good content for the podcast right now. Yeah. And I think um, West Ham versus Man City. This is my prediction. I think they're gonna be. It, it's gonna be a two-one game for Man City. For Man City. Wow. Yeah. And okay. I want. I, I'm gonna have a hot take here. I think Erling Haaland scores in this game. Okay. Cool. I don't think that's a very hot take because yeah, but. well. Yeah, so I think this game will be 1-0 to mm. Man City. Right. And uh, I know I said uh, that, you know, uh, I can see West Ham scoring. But I think just being the first game of the season, I think both teams will come mm. in a little bit uh, not as sharp. And I can see that uh, leading to a 1-0 affair. Yeah, next up, I think we can check Arsenal's fixtures. I'm, I mean, they're going to be playing Crystal Palace. In they're the playing Crystal Palace. Yeah. And uh, Crystal Palace is a really, really good side, especially against the top uh, mm. six teams. They always give the top six teams a challenge. I've seen them uh, beat Man City a couple of times. They, uh, they took... They did not let Man City win against them last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drew one game and they won one game. Mm-hmm. So we didn't take any points away from them except right. for that one point. Uh and historically, they've also beaten Manchester United multiple times. Right. They're a very exciting team because they have that uh, mm-hmm. attacking... Uh, although they're a little defensive, they have the forward pace with mm-hmm. Zaha. And now they have Eze and uh, people like that in the mm-hmm. front line. But I do think that Arsenal are just really good this season. Yeah, uh, I, They've had an excellent preseason. Mm-hmm. They've had uh, an amazing time mm-hmm. uh, with the recruiting, like we've spoken about even in the previous episode. Uh, and uh, I think this will be sort of a 2-0 a game to Arsenal. Uh, yeah, I can see a 2-0, uh, possibly 3-0. But I think, yeah, I, I'm not going to add anything more to that. I think Arsenal has just been fantastic in the preseason. Five goals by Gabriel Jesus. Uh, yeah. More than five, I think it's six. Um which is just incredible. Uh, that two against decent teams like Chelsea, Sevilla. Pretty decent teams. Yeah, right? pretty decent teams. Uh, hard to say that we got we conceded four goals, but yeah. against. Arsenal. What are you gonna predict for this game? I think I'll predict. I'm going to go three 0 Arsenal against Crystal okay. Palace. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. Yeah, we can talk about Chelsea. So top six fixtures. Chelsea plays Everton, and right. Everton's business has been okay. I can say this because I think Chelsea's business has been. As much as other fans think we have not attracted as many players, the business we have done is still decent. It's not bad. Raheem Sterling and Koulibaly. I agree. I agree. Uh, and it's it's not the best because we had so many targets. We wanted to spend around $200 million. There are still players we're trying to recruit, but there might be some hiccups here and there. But I still think Chelsea has done a decent business. But there have been some missing pieces in terms of the core of the team. But I think Everton, compared to Everton, who has done n- 
I think little to no business. And uh, they've also sold their best player. Yeah. In Richarlison to Spurs. Yeah. To another Premier League team. So I think I think even though Chelsea is lacking in quality, especially in the forward lines, I still think Chelsea wins this game at least two one. I would say three one. Uh, I can see Chelsea conceding a goal, but I think it's gonna be a three one game. To Chelsea. I th- I think uh, can I can I also say that same one? Yeah. I I was uh, immediately this felt like a three one fixture to me. Yeah. So I'm gonna say three one for this fixture as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll go to Liverpool. They are yeah. going to be playing Fulham. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me not to say five nil. <laughs> it is really hard for me not to say five. Let's say four nil. <laughs> four nil to okay. Liverpool. How, to Fulham. <laughs> okay. Joking. How about we say six? N- no, I'm kidding. Um. Uh, I think I'll say uh, 4-1 to Liverpool for this game because uh-huh. I I think we've talked about both of these teams right. and uh, Mohamed Salah has a historic record of doing really good in the opening fixture yeah. and he usually gets like six penalties in in the first game. <laughs> uh, so I will say that this game will be a 4-1 win to Liverpool. Right. Um I don't think they'll go they're going to concede. The way they they the way they look Yeah, I know the community shield we should not talk about it and it should not be a standard for the league. Agree, yeah. But that defense looked so good. Even though we say City was not ready, mm-hmm. City is still a team to reckon with in terms of attack. Their defense, their attacking uh, prowess is insane. And I think still Liverpool managed to only keep them up for one goal is impressive. Even though like I said it's not the standard, it's the community shield. I think Liverpool still won't concede. It, and What's that scoreline looking like? I think like? I think it's four nothing. Four nothing, or if not five, but I'm gonna go with four nothing. Okay. Allow Fulham a little bit of breathing room All and right. say four nothing. What about Manchester United? What do you uh, think about Manchester them? United? Uh, Man United. They were uh, playing Brighton, and uh, I think last season also they had a lot of trouble beating Brighton. If I'm oh, not wrong, right? Totally agree. And uh, they usually have trouble beating these sort of. mid-table teams Crystal mm. Palace right. uh Brighton and Brighton have consistently overperformed right uh they have lost some of their players in uh, say Yves Bissouma mm-hmm. but I still think with the team being so cohesive and built around you know not a single player and more of a yeah. sort of team environment I don't think Bissouma's loss will be so impactful that we can see Brighton get relegated or something right. I still think they will be in that uh, mid-table range and even though they finished in the top half this season mm-hmm. i can see them being say in the bottom half like 11th or 12th that's the yeah. level that i see them in yeah but i personally think this will be a draw oh yeah i think this will be a 1-1 game yeah i can that is exactly <laughs> what i thought about when i saw this picture brighton and united 1-1 is Just, it's it's just written it's in the written, stars. It's the right? instinct. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, as much as I w- would like to see United be the United we have known for the last two decades, I would not uh, like that. I yeah. I mean, I would. I at this point, I feel pity for them. <laughs> I, I, you enough. gotta have to have pity for them. Fair they have enough. been going through a lot. Um, so I would. I still don't think they did a decent amount of business. I I think this this season, their this preseason, their transfer market has been. underrated to a certain extent they have brought in some players they needed still don't have a dm this has been the issue for the last three years uh but i think they still can't beat that brighton side even though brighton has lost a mm-hmm. couple of players even though they speculated to lose a little yeah. couple of players i still think brighton will end up drawing with united in the first game and we're going to see a lot of uh, twitter slander coming towards united by their fans yeah which is and, going to be uh, fun to see what's the scoreline you think is it's going to say 1-1 as I'm, well i'm going to say 1-1 for manchester All united right, and, sounds good and next we should talk 
talk about Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur. Hotspur. Yeah. They are uh, going to be playing, I think, Southampton, Southampton. right? Yeah. yeah. It's So, we have Southampton and uh, I don't know if you remember this, but a few seasons ago, they did play Southampton, I think, in the second game of the season. Mm. They lost the first game to Everton when Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored a header. And in the right. second game, a lot of people removed, in FPL I'm talking about, they removed their Canes and Sons. And Son came in and scored four goals that game against <laughs> Southampton. Uh, and Kane got, I think, four assists that game, mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong. And uh, it was a very, very exciting game. Yeah. Uh, so, Southampton, again, uh, we've, I think we've uh, touched upon Southampton yeah. and uh, the way they do a, do their business. They mm-hmm. s- Sometimes they mm-hmm. sell their good players because right. other teams come knocking. Mm-hmm. And uh, they buy other young players and yeah. they still find a way to perform. That's sort of their philosophy. Right. And although I do see that happening in this fixture, uh, I do think Spurs will have a wipeout. I can see a 3-1 Spurs. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. The way... I think uh, there's been a little bit of commentary on how Spurs have been in the in the fic- in the preseason. Yeah. And what I've seen is the wingbacks are performing. Even Perisic are getting into the right positions. And when the wingbacks perform in a Conte team, that's when the Conte team is the most successful. Yeah, and that's when they're most dangerous. Exactly. So, if you have wingbacks and... Let's say Harry Kane is not given that playmaking, like that playmaking role that he ha- he was under Mourinho a little bit more playmaking. I can see Kane scoring left, right, and center, and Human Son getting into the right positions, cutting into the D. And like I said, this I, I don't even think Southampton will have any chance to respond to Spurs at this point. I agree. And I can see a four nothing to Spurs in this game week, like straight away starting wow. off. They can go. I think Son and Kane, Kulusevski, that. I don't know whether I'm talking a little too much for Spurs, but I'm excited for Spurs this season. And just like that, like I talked about Harry Kane and we talked a little bit about Salah, um, I I can see Harry Kane and Salah still retaining that golden boot. Wow. Or yeah. One of so them. I think, speaking of golden boots, I think that this season's golden boot has been most exciting compared to uh, mm-hmm. two previous right. seasons, right? Yeah. Because we've got two very, very... Mm-hmm. Very, very quality strikers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're well known for getting just goals, goals, goals. Exactly. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a very, very exciting season in right. terms of the Golden Boot. Yeah. We have, say, Holland, mm-hmm. We have Nunes. We have Kane and Salah just remaining. Yeah. Uh, and we Son. Could, let's not and forget Son. And Son. Let's not forget Son. He's always up there. Yeah. And uh, although we don't have Mane, mm-hmm. we uh, could see, like, Gabriel Jesus popping up up there if he stays oh, yeah. consistent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be a very exciting uh, Golden Boot race. And uh, do you have any predictions as to yeah. who will win the Golden Boot? I know I think, you said uh, Salah or Kane. Yeah, this this year it's like a six horse race. Always last six horse race. Like a six horse race. <laughs> last so a horse race. A horse race. <laughs> uh, last two years it has been three main players that have. Either won the golden boot. Even the playmaking, it's been those three players. Yeah. Son, Kane, and Salah. And Mane, let's not let's, let's not forget Mane. Mane is always up there. A couple of years they have been the ones. Um City doesn't have a player who end up scoring to the that most goals. Uh Haaland brings up that question, but that's also a question mark. Uh I still think it's going to be Kane, Son, or uh, or Salah. Most likely to be Salah this year. Uh but in the playmaking, I think more in the 
playmaking assists, I think it's going to be more likely to be Son or Kane, I think. But still, I think it's not going to be a change in Golden Boot for me. Salah or uh, Kane are going to be up there. Okay, here's my prediction for the Golden Boot. Okay. I think Harry Kane retains. I mean, not retains, but uh, I think he wins the Golden Boot again. Yeah. Uh, I would say Holland, but I do think that because it's that sort of team, mm-hmm. I think I can see Holland being more of an influence in some games where he just his presence brings about that goal, right? And not just his you know ability to be yeah. that poacher. I think Kane re- Spurs rely on Kane more mm-hmm. than Man City rely on Holland, right? Yeah. And I think Kane will be that guy, mm-hmm. and I can see him winning the Golden Boot. And in terms of assists, with Holland and these other players. I am mad that you didn't consider Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne, De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. in this uh, yeah. uh, lineup, and I think that uh, let's we're talking about the guy that has the most the equal record for the most assists in a Premier League season, and uh, I think we can see that version of him again because mm-hmm. we've seen the preseason games right. of De Bruyne and. De Bruyne is the only one in that team who's ready right, right from the re- get go. I think we can agree on that, yeah. right? Yeah, I yeah that he was the only player in the city squad that showed the quality that he still was before, yeah. and he was the only one exploding through that midfield trying to get the trying to get those plays. But yeah, I kind of forgot about Kevin De Bruyne. I should not have. Yeah, uh, Kevin De Bruyne is probably going to be up there in the playmaking yeah. of the playmaker and of the season. Hopefully, he stays healthy because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the primary reasons that he's not consistently putting up a fight in the assist leaderboard right. because he ends up going like a month off right. uh, due to injury usually yeah. in the season. Otherwise, in terms of the chances that he creates. Yeah. The statistics usually say that he should be up there. Yeah. So I hope that he stays healthy for this season and uh, mm. we can uh, see him be a good player mm-hmm. as well as a good FPL asset because yeah. I do have him in my uh, fantasy Premier League team. <laughs> oh yeah, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, th- that is completely right. But talking about, we'll talk about FPL a little bit later, but also about the Golden Glove because I feel like the Golden Glove gives the the right indication of which team has done it the best in terms of defense. Not just the which keeper because the keeper has the most clean sheets, mm-hmm. but I think in some in terms of defense because defense is also important for those clean sheets. So who do you think is going to win that Golden Glove this season? So I don't know 100% if uh, the Golden Glove is an indicator of a good defense per se mm-hmm. because we have seen in the past where when Ederson won it, it was against he was competing against uh, Pope Nick Pope right and Burnley although they were a great great defense uh, and there's no question about it they barely scored any goals yeah so it's not an indication of how well the team's doing but it is an indication of you know the defense by yeah, itself yeah exactly and uh, i also think that uh, when ederson won it it wasn't uh, an indication of how good but, City's defense was. Right. It's just the way that City play. Mm-hmm. The teams don't get enough time to uh, right. get the ball in there. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, sometimes Ederson has nothing to do in a exactly. few games, right? Yeah. So it's not the perfect indication indicator to whether it's a good defense or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that being said, I think this season uh, it will be Allison keeping... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Golden Glove mm-hmm. uh, because Liverpool's defence does look really good especially yeah. Van Dijk mm-hmm. and uh, Trent's come in with insane form scored yeah. that goal Robertson I can see I uh, think we always talk about those three but we end up forgetting about Joel Matip Joe, yeah 
matchup is also one of the reasons why that defense has been so coercive and has been the defense they are stopping those players. Um, yeah, I think I agree. Allison will be the goalkeeper. And uh, I think something that goes sort of under the radar about Liverpool right now, especially, is that they have a really good midfield. Oh yeah, wow. it was a very sure midfield, mm. and it's not something that I've seen in the past because in the past it's usually like r- a lot of rotation between you know Keda, between Henderson and. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain, Milner, yeah. Milner, all of that. But I looked at that uh, midfield in the Community Shield, especially mm-hmm. and of Thiago, Henderson, and Fabinho, and mm-hmm. that looked very, very secure. Yeah, and wow. uh, they were doing the right amount of playmaking for mm-hmm. the forwards and yeah. the right amount of support for the defense. Yeah, and I think that midfield could be could have a huge impact. For Liverpool's yeah. uh, that's success. the most balanced midfield I can see in a right Liverpool now, side. I agree. Or in the last ten years, the most balanced midfield Liverpool has come up with: Fabinho, the defender; Henderson playing his role; box and, to box, box to box, and Thiago also is box to box. Yeah. So I I wanted to talk now about FPL. I said we'll talk about FPL a little bit, and you said Kevin De Bruyne was your straight in went to your FPL team. Yeah. There's another player that definitely is in our FPL teams. Probably 99% of owners of FPL play- managers. Have him, and that's Mohamed Salah. Yeah, and uh, I I think we've explained why because yeah, just the way that Liverpool despite, have that easy fixture yeah. and just despite being the most expensive player, I think first whenever someone's creating their team, Salah, Salah. is the first. And this has been consistent in the past like four years. Yeah, like, uh, he has just been that guy mm-hmm. on uh, FPL. Yeah. So do you want to maybe make a list of mm-hmm. uh, maybe five players yeah. uh, that? At least three of these players should be on uh, yeah. your team, right? Type, you know. I would say, I would say Salah. Yeah. Always. Um, then I would also say um, Trent Alexander Arnold. I agree. Had the most chances created last season. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely in there. I would also put in Reese James. The only Chelsea player I would trust in is Reese James. So just a little bit of a bias. I think Reese James should be there. He all he was a second most uh, chances created and got a lot of FPL points himself last season. He goes in there for me. Now, the last two, I think these three are f- d- for sure there. I think Harry Kane is there for me. He's in my team. And the fifth one is an interesting one and I I don't know whether you agree with this, but I think even Perisic should be in that squad um, if you are creating your first game weeks because a couple of, uh, forget about the Chelsea fixture. I think Tottenham have a decent run of game, uh, fixtures. And I can see Paris. I the way Twitter has been talking about the way there have been some talks about how Perisic has been doing his positioning. And Perisic is a is a very underrated player. He has played under Conte, the wing back. We have talked about this. Yeah. And I think Perisic at five point five million is a Great steal. Value. He's yeah. a steal. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And uh, in terms of crucial players, I think there are five players. I think six players that. Out of which you should at least have two to three. Mm. Otherwise, you're doing something incredibly wrong yeah. on uh, Fantasy Premier League. And I think that's Mohamed Salah, mm-hmm. Trent Alexander-Arnold, yeah. Harry Kane, yeah. Hyunmin Son, okay. Kevin De Bruyne, and Erling Haaland. Oh, so out of these six, you should at least try to have three of them in yeah. your squad. Uh, so w- which three would you have? Personally, oh, I am going... For uh, Kevin De Bruyne, mm-hmm. Mohamed Salah, right. Harry Kane, mm. 
and uh, although I would love to have Trent as well, I couldn't afford him. So mm. I think I will go in the way of Robertson right. uh, to make up for that. Yeah, I uh, the three out of I think those six I had was Trent, Salah, and Kane. So I managed to afford all three. I also managed to afford for Cancelo, which was very interesting. That's because my midfield is not as stacked as yours because you yeah. have De Bruyne and Salah. Yeah. I went for a little bit more value midfield. I feel like Martinelli is a player the most right. valued player, six million for Martinelli. The way he looked last season, he's. I think he's perfect for that FPL squad. Right. Uh, value players are such an important part yeah. of uh, yeah. FPL, right? Exactly. And uh, I think one of those that's in my team is uh, Pedro Neto okay. from uh, Wolves. I, yeah. uh, he has a great first few fixtures. Mm-hmm. I think Raul Jimenez is injured. So he's uh, going to be playing more okay. minutes, yeah. So I can see... Uh, a spot where mm-hmm. he does start. He gets that uh, starting role in yeah. Wolves' front three. Yeah. And uh, at 5.5, I think that Raul, is... I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Pedro Neto yeah. is great, great value. And he has a track record of being that sort of mm-hmm. just attack and score type player. Right. He scored some very, very impressive goals. One mm-hmm. I can think of right away is the one against Chelsea he yeah, scored last the 90- season. That was not last season, the season before. The season before, I guess, yeah. yeah. But it was a 90th minute winner mm-hmm. that uh, he scored against y'all. Yeah. So that's sort of a little, I think, uh, yeah. overview of uh, some important uh, yeah. must-haves for FPL yeah. and uh, according to us at yeah. least. And uh, some cheap value players as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so do you think... Where do you think, according to you, is a good place for yourself mm-hmm. to end up at this season in terms of ranks? Uh, can you tell us where you ended up last season? I'm pretty sure ranks? I was not in the top million. At okay, least. fair enough. Oh, maybe I was in the top two hundred. I don't. I don't know. I was not in the top. Uh, I I don't remember exactly, but in my last game week, I I just recently saw my rank, and I think I was in the one point nine millions. Oh wow! That you was had pretty, a bad season. I did have a bad season. My last so, game week was pretty bad, but there were some of the game weeks I did decent. But I think what my problem was, I would plan out the squad and then end up not implementing the changes. Right. Uh, I would I, be like, I, oh I wait, nine a.m. Oh wait, did I make my changes on FPL? I do. I do remember this one time. Where uh, Sudish sort of made all his transfers, mm-hmm. and uh, he left the important players on the bench. Oh yeah. And uh, completely forgot to put them in, and they ended up scoring. Yeah. So if you are one of those people, this is your reminder to change that yeah. this season and mm-hmm. make those points. Yeah. Get and, on that uh, FPL grind. Get on that FPL grind. Yeah. Be consistent, right? Yeah. And uh, realistically, for you mm-hmm. finishing off in a like 1.5 above a million rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a good rank for you or anyone who is in yeah. that rank to aim for realistically? Yeah. You think? So I think I don't know about an overall rank, but I do want to win the leagues that we are in. Okay. There is a league, the Four Quarters Two Halves League, that's in the code is going to be in the description. Right. Please join the league. We're going to create a league and we are going to be there. Yeah. And you guys join as well. We want to see how the fans perform. We want to see how your teams are going to be. We want to we want to see the blunders. Yeah. The blunders that I created. Musa Sissoko, for me, was once a captain. <laughs> because I didn't press the save changes button in the Premier League, in the FPL <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we'll probably, you know, I, I'm, ju- I'm just saying this right now. I don't think he knows about this. But uh, the winner of the league will probably have a little prize for it. Yeah. And uh, it should be exciting. So... 
We'll leave the link to that league, mm-hmm. the code to that league in the description, the four quarters, two halves league. Yeah. And uh, you guys can join us and uh, we can have a fun little FPL season, yeah. right? And, and that's my goal is to come top in that league. Okay, but let's let's okay. let's give yourself overall, a realistic I think, goal. I don't know how... It, overall ranks is tough for me because I've never been that good in FPL. I am a very bad player in FPL, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this season, I'm going to try and put some more effort. Um... I would like to come in the top 500,000 this year. That's that's a very, very, very realistic uh, yeah. way to set your goal. Yeah. And uh, me personally, the season before I, uh, the season before last, I ended up in the top 200K. I was in the 150. Oh, okay. And uh, last season, I ended up in the top 500. I had a bit of a rough oh, start. You, I was, you were in the top 500? Yeah, I was in the top 500K. I was... I mean, I'm yeah, five hundred ninety. I know, but like, if you were there, I was like sixty points behind you, so yeah. I must have been like top one uh, million at I'm, least. I'm not sure. Yeah, I but uh, yeah, I was four hundred and ninety k last season, mm-hmm. and I think realistically this mm-hmm. time I want to recreate my uh, season to last uh, right. result where I end up around in the top one fifty, one hundred, and maybe try to push for that top one hundred. Right. But a top two hundred rank is probably 200k rank that is is probably a realistic expectation for myself okay that's fair um maybe i should have a, a little bit more ambitious expectation because i want to beat you in next in this season's yeah FPL, that's why so. guys you want to see all the drama you want to see all the heat yeah you gotta you gotta join that league right yeah i'm just gonna try to see when where did i end up mm-hmm. being um last season but i was not bad i yeah, was 838,000 it was 838,000 and that's my best that's my best year. Out of all. Out yeah. of all. So that means even though I had my blunders, I was not too bad. If I didn't have those blunders, maybe I would maybe have been... Maybe you'd be in top 500, yeah. yeah. So realistically, I think top 500 is a great... Uh, yeah, I think it's still. a good start. Maybe top 300, top 200 is also a good place to start. Yeah. FPL yeah. is just one of those things, right? Yeah. yeah. Just, the thing with us is because of the time it mm-hmm. is, because it sometimes end up being 7.30 a.m. games, Yeah. I forget to do my... my um, my changes on a Friday night, and then yeah. it end up ends up being, ends up being a big regret because <laughs> I've made these good changes, made everything. I've lost my <laughs> maybe I lost a couple of million because of extra transfers, and then I end up um, not liking that a lot. But I'm going to be excited for this year because I think my team is looking strong. Um, the first game week at least, and mm-hmm. let's see uh, if I do better than eight hundred thirty-eight thousand this year. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I think we covered a lot of things. Um, yeah. In the first game week, and uh, we're gonna come back after the game week's over, and we'll sort of look back on all the things that we've said, yeah. the predictions that we've done, yeah. and look into our FPL teams how they're doing. Yeah. Uh, let us know in the comments about what you think uh, is gonna happen in this game week. What mm-hmm. uh, teams you want to look out for? Some teams that maybe we are underestimating, maybe overestimating. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about it uh, in the next episode where we. Yeah. Review the game week. Yeah, so. please slander us as much as possible. Uh, last game week, I think last week, last episode, last video, uh, Sunil said that Nunes is a mid-transfer and it ended up being that he could, he scored that goal against Manchester City. So slander as much as possible in the <laughs> comments. Uh, we would like to hear you what you want to say and what your opinions are. And that's it from me, at least. Yeah, uh, that's kind of it from four quarters and two halves. The both halves of four quarters yeah. and two halves. Yeah. Thank you for watching. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Bye-bye.